Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Last spring, you chose hard-working seed, but did it work as hard as you did? At NK Seeds, we know that all the time, all the effort comes down to this. All that matters now is yield and how the seed performed on your acre. Because you can't fake performance. And bushels don't lie. Local results coming soon. Visit nkseeds.com harvest. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. We're live, but we got to let it breathe just for a moment. We got to make sure we got our Facebook clan with us here, and it looks like we're good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me is my partner in crime, my fellow football priest, and the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, we have a story that has uh, gone just rocket to the moon viral today that you wrote. Denver Broncos signed a quarterback. Now, some fans who've been looking at some of the pictures from rookie minicamp over the weekend, they've, they've seen a guy handing off. Not, not a lot of passing, but a guy handing off to like Javante Williams, and they're like, who's that guy? Now we know it was a tryout, and the Broncos signed him. So tell everybody who this guy is. Well, when I was writing the story, when I heard his name first pop up, I was thinking to myself, where does that sound familiar? Why does that sound familiar and ring a bell? Then I was doing some of my own research, and uh, he was visiting with the Cowboys last year in a pre-draft visit. So he's an undrafted guy at a Northern Arizona, I believe, 2020 UDFA. He had a cup of coffee with the Giants last year, but was waived at final cuts. And he was invited, as you can see right there, to the Broncos rookie minicamp that was held over the weekend. And apparently he showed enough where he earned a contract. Now, what he does with his newfound role as the number four quarterback on the depth chart right now remains to be seen. But he's behind Drew Locke. He's behind Teddy B. And for now, he's behind Brett Rippon. Assuming he makes it to training camp, Chad, Potentially, he can push Rippon, but he's behind the eight ball because he signed later in the offseason. Rippon has a year of experience in the system, but this is a guy who put up big numbers. I know it's a smaller program. D1, though, big numbers, big arm, good mental makeup. And as I wrote, he was compared, actually, to Jimmy Garoppolo. So not a bad project to have as a number four guy on May 16th. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I don't know anything about this guy other than what you reported here in the article. And... You know, it's just one of those things where teams at this stage in the offseason, if they don't have a number four, they're looking for a number four. Another way to say it is camp arm, right? Because even look this year, the Denver Broncos drafted a wide receiver, Seth Williams, in the sixth round. Then they signed, I want to say at least two. I think two of the college free agents were, were, were wide outs. Plus, it's an embarrassment of riches at the position anyway. Even once you get past Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, uh, K.J. Hamler, Tim Patrick, and Tyree Cleveland, 
Then you've got that who's who list of bubble guys, including, of course, Kendall Hinton and, and the like. So you need an additional arm to help keep those those drills and the team period and everything else flowing because Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, they're not going to be thrown to those guys. And Brett Rippon, he, you know, he, he can only go so far. So it's a camp arm, but it will be interesting, as you say here, Zach, to see whether or not he can come in and push a guy in Brett Rippon, who genuinely is loved and valued by the Denver Broncos, even though, I mean, he's got one start under his belt. His belt. He went out, he won that game. Kudos to him, a road game against the Jets last year. But, you know, hey, if there's a better option, go find it, because as much as we appreciate Brett Rippon here on this podcast, we also recognize his athletic limitations that yeah, and that would be freshly converted defensive back, Kendall Hinton. There's nothing this man can't do, Chad. He's playing three different positions now, so I give him credit for that. And, yeah, he's a camp arm. He's going to be on the, for now, on the offseason roster for upcoming OTAs for minicamp. And, again, if he makes it that far, training camp, whatever happens from there happens from there. But the Broncos, Chad, are not going to carry more than three, if that, quarterbacks on the final roster so it comes down to Brett Rippon versus Case Cookus and by the way when I saw Broncos sign Case I had the Denzel Washington you know relief gift flooding through my veins I I was so happy not to repeat that nightmare but this is interesting I you know I I shudder to think what Pat Shermer is going to do and and kind of drill him down into being kind of a east and west quarterback when he has a big arm but could be worse, like I said, at this stage of the offseason of bringing a guy with a big arm and uh, a decent mental makeup. Interesting, as you already referenced here. I'm just going to quote your article. A prototypical pocket passer with a big arm and commendable mental makeup, the 25-year-old Cookus was likened by Pro Football Network to San Francisco's Jimmy Garoppolo. Quote from Scott Gorman of PFN. Garoppolo is a decent comparison for Cookus as an NFL prospect. Cookus is slightly bigger in stature, but both quarterbacks have adequate mobility and can make the majority of NFL throws. And in case you guys missed it, Cookus here is 6'4", 200 pounds, 41 career games in Division One. It was, you know, Northern Arizona, but nevertheless, Division One action. So it'll be interesting, Zach, to see what kind of juice he brings, because as you close out the article here, the comparison notwithstanding – Cookus will begin his Broncos stint behind Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, and Brett Rippon on the tentative 2021 depth chart. He could push Rippon during the upcoming organized team activities and minicamp practices leading to training camp in late July. The club, unlikely to carry more than three cues on the regular season roster, has opened a 50-50 battle between Locke and Bridgewater for the starting job head coach Vic Fangio announced Friday. Close quote. So, Zach, I want to talk more about what Fangio had to say about what, you know, kind of previewing the oncoming uh, Locke versus Teddy battle. But it's just interesting. You know, they're turning the bottom of that roster in every position they can. They are. And, you know, a lot of fans were reading into the Packers picking up a couple quarterbacks, Blake Bortles and uh, Kurt, I forgot his name, Ben Kurt, whatever his name is. Yep. But can we read into the same thing for Denver, though? If they're picking up a fourth quarterback, does that take them out of the A-Rod sweepstakes, Chad? Does that mean they're okay with the quarterbacks they have here? It makes for a couple interesting diversions this offseason, but like you said, I think Cookus, crazy name and all, is nothing more than a camp arm for the next couple months. Guys, we do have a lot more we want to get to, including what the head coach of the Green Bay Packers had to say about the latest with Aaron Rodgers. Again, we want to touch on 
some of the things Vic Fangio said on Friday relative to the coming quarterback battle, plus some of the haps, some of the buzz, some of the remarks coming out of Broncos rookie minicamp. We're going to get to all of that here in just a moment. First, a couple quick matters of business. Make sure you are connected with us on social media, starting with Twitter. At Huddle Up Pod is how you connect with the podcast officially on Twitter and the main account at Mile High Huddle. Again, here's a call to action for you guys. We have such a great following, such a great and um, prolific community, both on YouTube and Facebook. We, I know not everybody, Zach, is a Twitter guy or gal. Not everyone loves the sometimes ridiculous echo chamber that Twitter can become, uh, you know, de- depending on the topic, but nevertheless. Um, but still, if you're on Twitter, make sure you're following the main account at Mile High Huddle for breaking Broncos news and analysis. We need to beef those numbers up on Twitter. Follow our producer. You know him lovingly as Buona Beast. He's a sweetheart. He is a teddy bear, but he'll rip your face off. Trust on Twitter at John K M H H. My partner Zach Kelberman on Twitter at Kelberman NFL. Myself at Chad N Jensen. And then of course, continue following the Huddle Up podcast page on Facebook. As you can see on screen, it's easy to find. Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. But the easiest thing, just open up the app. That's if you are a Facebook user, you're using it on your phone 99% of the time. Search Huddle Up Podcast, both like and follow. Lots of cool stuff that we're publishing only to that page, including our live stream going straight to the Huddle Up Podcast page now, and as well as giveaways randomly selected for people who are both liking and following that page. And then, guys, hopefully you did not miss today's episode of Kelberman's Corner. Zach joined Kim Becker to do some real deep dive analysis on the 17 game schedule. If you want access to that premium VIP content, including Kelberman's corner and the trickle zone, we had to uh, skip the trickle zone this weekend due to an unforeseen obstacle that Eric had to to handle. You got to become officially a supporter of MHH on Facebook. Similar deal. Find our Facebook page. You'll see the big blue button. Click that. You're in like Flint. You get access to that. You support the cause. we got a lot of cool stuff coming down the pike, both on Facebook and our YouTube membership program that we're going to be rolling out here very, very soon. Check out the merch store, huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on, get a hat, get a T-shirt, little something. Supports the cause. And if you're not able to do those things, it's all good, gang. We're seriously just stoked to have you with us. We do ask that you do these three things, though, all right? I know we're, we're pretty uh, demanding on this podcast, but, hey, you know, we need you. Subscribe, first and foremost. If you're listening on YouTube, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure if there's an option to click notifications and auto download, you get that taken care of. Like this video, guys. If you want to help get this content and get this community in front of other Broncos fans like you that are wandering the desert, completely oblivious and ignorant to the fact of this community out there waiting to embrace them, one of the things you can do to help us get there quicker and reach those people is like this video. All right. Key, key, key on YouTube and Facebook. And the number three is the litmus test, gang. If we are doing a good job for you, even if we might disagree on some things, right? But if you respect the effort, share this video, this episode, this podcast out there on your social media and help us continue to grow and reach those new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site. 
out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen. From our Gold Series soybean and game-changing corn portfolios to our expert insights housed in the Illuminate Digital Agronomy Platform, everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you. This is how we listen. Copyright 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks used herein are the property of a Syngenta Group company. All other trademarks are the property of their respective owners. All right, Zach, real quick, I want to shout out MHH's resident male model, Muhammad Badri, who is here today supporting the cause. Fist bump right back at you, my dog. Love you. Appreciate you. He was also there today, Zach, for Kelberman's Corner. Contributing yes, he was. To the combo and uh, supporting the cause. So got to love Muhammad, dude. And it's so much. I mean, seriously, life without Muhammad in the chat is not a life worth living for me. It's not at all. And, and, you know, life without getting those dragon gifts on Twitter from Mo is not worth living as well. So we appreciate your support, Mo, as always. And like Chad said, it's really good to see you around in the chat again. All right. Real quick, John, I know uh, there's probably a few superstars who have been patiently waiting with some questions, comments, topics they want us to get to. But while you get those queued up, I just want to grab this real quick. And then from there, we can kind of vibe through uh, the content for today. Zach, you had an article yesterday that touched on the latest public talking points. Let me close this uh, from the Green Bay Packers. And of course this came via head coach Matt LaFleur on Aaron Rodgers. Let me read the full quote. This is what LaFleur said via NFL.com quote. We still obviously feel the same way. We want Aaron back in the worst way. I know he knows that we'll continue to work at it each and every day. Uh, And then as I scroll here, this is something that uh, James Palmer said very recently, quote, I think the chances are well below 50%. I would uh, would almost put it at like 30%, 20% because Rodgers and the Packers are talking to get something done. That means they're at least communicating. I think that that somewhat gives it hope of his return. His former receiver, James Jones, who is not just a former teammate, but is also a close friend to Aaron Rodgers, believes it is fixable and salvageable. So does his former fullback, John Kuhn. We know the Packers are trying to do some things to make up for probably, we could all assume, some situations in terms of communication, close quote. So, Zach, it really feels like this thing has has started to turn. The pendulum has swung back toward the Packers because all the people that, you know, the the talking points, the, the things we're hearing have really swung from the beef itself to amelioration, right? People are coming back to the table. Bottom line is Rodgers wants to get paid and paid at a level where the thought of Jordan Love usurping him is just impossible. It's ridiculous, barring an injury. And if they do that, why wouldn't he take that deal and stay with the team that he has been his home his entire career? 
But it doesn't he already have that financial security, though? You referenced his salary cap number the other day. Wasn't it the third highest or top five for sure in the NFL? I mean, Jordan Love did not play one single iota last year, not one single snap at all. So I don't know what A-Rod's really worried about. i got to stop calling him that. I get confused with the baseball player. But, Chad, the news from LaFleur was there is no news. There's no update. We want him back. We're going to continue to work at it. Like you referenced, though, the James Palmer report where he's walking back everything he reported previously about Aaron Rodgers. He said it was almost a done deal. He intimated everything else uh, in the Denver media that it's, you know, it's looking like it's a real possibility. They're a legit landing spot. And now he's saying it's a 20, 30% chance that Rodgers will be moved by Green Bay. So something like you said, had a turn in the last week. I don't know if the Packers GM, whose name I refuse to butcher, uh, reached out to him. Maybe they're extending some sort of olive branch. Maybe he knows that he's going to get what he wants in the end because he is Aaron Rodgers. He's the face of the franchise, and he is the reigning MVP and a future first ballot Hall of Famer. But it really seems like, and we touched on this, or at least I did in uh, previous podcasts, it seems like Aaron really used Denver and leveraged them in talks and kind of to get what he wanted. He made it seem like, and he put those feelers out there and all that disinformation and, I guess, fake news now about wanting to come to Denver and coming out west and uh, liking what the Broncos offer. It was all about money in the end. And once the Packers assuage him, the Broncos are left hanging out to dry once again. Yep. the, The hype reached some ridiculous proportions there for a minute, and you know, never say never. It is the NFL, but it really does feel for about the last week like things have shifted. Again, I'll use that uh, analogy of the pendulum swinging back toward the Packers, whereas people were saying, including Palmer, that it's like 60% chance he's going to be traded and all this. And all of the Vegas money now trending uh, heavily back toward the Packers in terms of where Rodgers is going to play next year. Uh, shout out to Mark Langley jumping in on Super Chat, one of our great superstars. It was good talking to you over the weekend, my dog, and getting an update on what's going on with your pops. And it was very nice to chat with Penny as well. Shout out to you. Love you, Mark. Appreciate everything you do, my friend. Yeah, appreciate you, Mark. It's always good seeing you in the chat. Um, we got one here from one of our great superstars, north of the 49th parallel. All right. For those of you who are not geography uh, experts. That's Canada. All right. Tom El Greco. What's up, dude? Love you. Appreciate you. He says, if we trade for Aaron Rodgers and they get Locke, he'll probably start in Green Bay. We have Locke here right now, ready to light it up and just give him up for a maybe potential Super Bowl. No guarantees, guys. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. If Locke in a, you know, um, hypothetical trade, were to land in Green Bay, I don't think they're going to go with Locke as their starter over the guy they invested a first-round pick in last year. Right. But, hey, who knows? I just don't think it's going to happen, guys. I mean, there was a time there. It's easy for all of us, Zach, to get caught up in the hype and the and the rumors and just that firestorm of the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. But it just doesn't feel like Aaron Rodgers is going anywhere at the end of the day. I mean, but when it's all said and done, I think Rodgers returns a much richer man with probably the next three years minimum of his contract, ridiculously guaranteed. Yeah, and his ego very well massaged, him getting what he wants and being the understood quarterback in Green Bay, even more so uh, than he already is, Chad. And, you know, crazier things have happened. If they were to swing a trade, Locke would probably be a part of that package. And you never know. Maybe he could beat out Jordan Love in an open competition. 
But it's for this reason, it's for this flip-flop that at least I haven't tried to be overreactionary to every single rumor, and I wasn't going out and getting my Aaron Rodgers number 12 Broncos jersey. I realized a lot of hoops had to be jumped through, a lot of things had to happen, and reigning MVPs, even at 37 years old, they don't get traded very often. Same thing with Deshaun Watson. Franchise quarterbacks tend not to go anywhere, and the teams that have them under contract will do usually whatever they can to make them happy, and this is no exception here. Shout out to one of our super supporters, Albert Knoppers, who I had the pleasure to meet him and his, his uh, great wife, Michelle, I think it was week before last, finally made it on their trek to their new home. They moved from the Pacific Northwest to enemy territory in Missouri. I'm not going to spoil anything that they want to keep private, but let me just tell you, they're new digs, even though it's in enemy territory. Pretty cool, pretty unique. So glad to hear you made it, Albert. Give my best, of course, to Michelle. Uh, Zach, BG, in the hizzy. Brian Greenfield, what's up, dude? Appreciate, Appreciate you. you. Always great having one of our uh, patron saint superstars in the chat. And then Tom again, up in Canada. He says, I don't care what Fangio says. Drew is starting. Fangio should be honest about his intentions and give Locke the reins so he can feel he's the guy. Dumb, dumb coaching. Thanks, guys. All right, so this is a nice little segue, Zach, into a little debate we got into on Twitter yesterday. I did, anyway, over just the notion of Uh Fangio (laughs) kind of sticking to his guns, right, on Friday when he spoke um, as as rookie minicamp kicked off. He was, of course, asked about the – I'll just read the quote. Let me just just pull up the quote real quick here. Give me one second. But as the Denver Broncos were gearing up for camp, here's what Vic Fangio actually said relative to the coming uh, quarterback battle on whether Drew Locke, as the incumbent, will get the first first first-team snaps at quarterback over Teddy. Quote, that will be day by day. It's totally 50-50. Maybe I'll flip a coin to see who takes the absolute first snap of the offseason in training camp. He kind of said that with a rueful smile on his face for what it's worth. By the end of the day, meaning by the end of training camp, before those guys make the decision for us with their play, it's going to be a 50-50 proposition. Some days, some guy might get more than the other. Then it'll even out the next day or a few days later. It's not going to be 50-50 every day, but over the course of this offseason and training camp, it will be. Close quote. So, Zach, my thing on this is I question the wisdom of taking away those reps from Drew. And not just for Drew's sake, but for that young supporting cast. And it's, you know, not just the skill guys, right? Not just the receivers, tight end and running backs, but that offensive line as well. Especially when you consider that Locke is the incumbent, meaning that, you know, he's the guy that they went to battle with last year. I don't think there's any chance Drew Locke doesn't take – to answer his question, the, the actual question Fangio fielded there, I don't think there's any chance Drew Locke doesn't take that first first-team snap. But I still question the wisdom, Zach, of taking those reps away. That doesn't mean you don't allow Teddy to push him. That doesn't mean Teddy doesn't even get maybe some of the first-team reps. In a perfect world, if you're really trying to maximize Drew in year three, and they got a lot of hope still pinned on Drew Locke, believe it or not, all right, then you let him be the first-team guy. <clears throat> you let Teddy Bridgewater run the second team. And let me tell you something, Zach. If Teddy Bridgewater is just cutting it up and dominating the second team and Drew's throwing picks and Drew's struggling to move the chains and all that stuff, it's only a matter of time before he moves up and starts eating into some of those first-team snaps, and then the coaches would have a decision to make. So my point here is 
you're not really taking any way, anything away from the competition aspect of it by keeping the first team with Drew initially and the second team with Teddy. But it doesn't sound like that's what they want to do. And I think the reason behind that is simply competitive anxiety. They felt like the Drew they saw last year, even with all those those outlying obstacles from the pandemic, oh no OTAs, no preseason, a weird training camp, the injury, all that new OC, all that stuff, they recognize that. But I think they also feel like they may be erred in not giving him a true threat, a true guy behind him to kind of like, you know, foster that competitive anxiety. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Well, obviously, I agree with you. I, I would prefer the starting quarterback to get the majority or all of you know first-team practice reps. But here's the problem with making Teddy B the second string. That's tilting this competition in his favor because he should be dominating the second-string defense, Chad. He's a seasoned veteran. He's played for some of the best offenses, best offensive minds in the league. So I think he should be doing well, and I don't, I don't think that's fair to put him against Locke with the first string. But here's what I'll say. I don't think Fangio is being dishonest to answer Tom's question. I think he is being honest. I think he wants it 50-50. Here's what bothers me, though, and I've been accused lately of being a grumpy old man, so I'll embrace that for a second. I don't like the flip a coin thing. I mean, he's in no position to joke around right now. What does that even mean? Why would you even say that? I mean, you're already a defensive mind. You have a lot of criticism facing you because you're very hands-off. Why flip a coin? This is the season hanging in the balance. This is your job hanging in the balance. And that, to me, was a big turnoff by Vic Fangio. Get involved, make a decision, but don't joke around. The Broncos are not in the position to act that way. So I would prefer 
lock to get the starting opportunity, but there's a reason they acquired Teddy Bridgewater, and there's a reason they acquired him when they did on the eve of the draft. I think they want to make this 50-50 down the middle, but it's only going to hurt both of them, like you mentioned, not having 100% of reps with the first string. We'll see how it shakes out. It's going to be interesting. I think this time what's different you know, compared to like the Paxton, Trevor versus Paxton and all that stuff, this time is I think both quarterbacks do have you know, a little wherewithal. I, I I come off sometimes I think as sounding too dismissive of Teddy Bridgewater when I say things like, you know, he's kind of proven and shown you who and what he is in the league and that he's viewed as a bridge guy, that he's viewed as a stopgap. He's not really considered to be a credible future franchise quarterback. I mean, the, the Panthers were the last team to really think that that was a possibility. And then they were, of course, uh, proven folly in that evaluation but still, I think he's good enough. I, I've told you guys this before. He's a competent enough quarterback to where if the Broncos either had to turn to him or said, you know what, Drew fell on his face, we, we got no choice but to go to Teddy, I still think this is a guy who can keep this team competitive. Are you going to get Star Wars numbers? No. Are you going to get 2,000-yard receivers and an 800-yard tight end? No. But you're going to play pretty fundamental football. You're going to be in a position to win a lot of games, especially if you can get that ground game going with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams because the defense, Zach, is set up to be just legit on paper, right? I mean, a lot of time going to pass between now and when the season starts. They can stay away from the injury bug and avoid that that bite. It it's really sets up well for whichever quarterback ends up winning this. I'm just wondering to myself, though, wasn't the whole point of running it back with Pat Shermer and Mike Shula to be, get the most out of Drew Locke and give him another chance, Chad, with a full offseason, a full complement of weapons, and a, a full fair chance? It would defeat the purpose to then go to Teddy Bridgewater and make Locke the second string or have him to earn those first string reps that he could badly and sorely use right now to build chemistry and continuity and develop on his own as a quarterback. So I understand, in a sense, where Fangio is right now with these quarterbacks, but he has to also be wise to what gives the Broncos the best chance to win. And considering the time they put into lock so far, compared to the time they've had Teddy Bridgewater on the roster, it could come back to bite him. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Faux show. Let's grab Michaela. Been waiting patiently. The Duchess of MHH. Representing. We love you. We appreciate you. She says, is it just me? The new QB name makes me laugh. <laughs> Cook us. I know. Weird. It's almost like, you know, self-flagellating, right? Like we want you to, to to destroy our offense, cook us up, right? But who knows? I mean, there was another question up there. Forgive me. I think it was, yeah, from Orange Crush on Twitter. Um, why was this guy still out there if he's t- as talented uh, and has a big arm? Because he's unproven and he came from a small D1, but small school, went undrafted. You know, I mean, there's only so many – Tom Brady's out there that go in the sixth or seventh round and go on to, you know, become the greatest of all time. Who was the last truly undrafted quarterback, Zach, to make a Pro Bowl? I want to say it was probably Tony Romo, but I I could be mistaken Uh, on that. I could be mistaken. It's pretty rare, you know, and so when a guy doesn't go drafted, I mean, that's kind of their – that's their gig. They bounce around, and it kind of takes them finding just the right time, right team, right place to really catch on. That is a good question. I think it has to be Roma. What other quarterbacks are there that were undrafted free agents that have gone on to have success? I think he's the uh, exception to that rule. Uh, what's up, Michael, on Facebook? 
Appreciate you being with us. He says here from Tucson. Right on, dude. Appreciate you. Um, all right. Let me mosey here. Gary Leeds Palmer. Always great to have one of our super supporters in the chat. Gary was there today for Kelberman's Corner as well. Love you, buddy. Um, Robert on YouTube. Do football teams ever carry four quarterbacks? So, like, on the active roster? Um, Not anymore. I'm trying to think of the, maybe the last time I can recall it. Um, if so, it's a scenario where, you know, their their purported starter is either a really old Band-Aid guy, injury-prone, something like that. And that last guy at the bottom of the depth chart is just good enough to where they don't want to risk him to the waiver wire. They don't want him sitting out there, you know, to be perched on the practice squad. It really does take, like, a perfect, you know, alignment of the stars to see an NFL team actually carry for on the 53. And off the top of my head, I can't remember the last time any team did that, but I'm sure it wasn't as far back as you might think. I feel like last year, considering the cataclysmic disaster that was the Broncos quarterback situation, they had Bortles, they had Driscoll, they had Rippon, they had Locke. I know they probably weren't on the roster at the same time, but it doesn't happen in today's age. And even three quarterbacks on the 53 is increasingly rare. A lot of teams like to go with two quarterbacks now. Yes, indeed. And with us in the house, talk about another patron saint and an MHH Mount Rushmore superstar, Zeus McPeak. Also there. Yes, indeed. Zeus! Today, during Kelberman's Corner, love you, Stu. Hello to you. Hope your family's doing well. And uh, welcome. Always great yeah. to have you. Similar to Mo, dude. I, a chat without Stu is just not the same. Yeah, this is the founding father of the podcast, Chad, in terms of Super Chat superstars. So, Stu, we are always, always so happy to see you. Thank you for your continued support and being the great guy that you are. That's right, dude. Love you. I was just singing your praises to somebody, in fact, the other day, showing them... Uh, some of the, the swag you sent us um, from the airline. So anyway, hope you're doing well, brother. Let me see here. Uh, Daryl Johnson, he's worried about Brett Rippon. He says they're crazy to get rid of Rippon. Also, it sucks. Rippon gets no love. Right, here we go. He's far better at reading plays and defensive <laughs> schemes than Locke. WTF. Yeah, I mean, look, he that's his that's what he brings to the table for you. He's like a coach on the on the field, you know. Big brain, great football IQ, uh, does. I mean, that's one thing. I I mean, I I can be honest enough. To, I try to be honest enough with you guys every day here on the microphone. But when we saw, you know, you jumped from week one at Tennessee, week two, Drew gets hurt on the road at Pittsburgh, and then Jeff Driscoll came in. And even though, you know, it was relatively smooth sailing for Driscoll in the, the, the remainder of that game in Pittsburgh, week four was just such a travesty against Tampa Bay, the by, or uh, excuse me, week three, by the time you get to week four and they said, no, 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 this ain't going to work. We're, we're going with Brett Rippon while Drew still licks his wounds. It was palpable, Zach, to see the difference just in terms of how on schedule and on point the offense operated with Brett under center because of, as Daryl points out here, he was much more proficient in pre-snap reads, making sure guys are lined up where they need to be. And he's a guy that because he doesn't have that rocket for an arm, He's always had to rely on after high school. He's always had to rely on his his brain and his anticipation to be a an accurate thrower. I mean, if he wanted to put up prolific stats in any way, shape, or form, he had to be good between the years. He had to know where to throw into the future because, you know, he didn't have an arm like Locke to to uh, fit it into those small windows, you know, at the drop of a hat. 
And then if you're comparing arms, you know, Drew's definitely got the strongest arm on this team. Brett probably at the bottom. And then Teddy, like right between them. You know, Teddy doesn't have a huge arm either. Probably a little bit stronger than Brett's. Again, a guy, Zach, that has to throw with anticipation and accuracy using the brain because he doesn't quite have the whip. Yeah, we just talked about four quarterbacks being increasingly rare. So is the third quarterback on a team being more popular than the starting quarterback on a team. I don't know what it is about the Brett Rippon fan club that seems to come out on the Huddle Up podcast, but we bring them all out. I think he's a nice guy to have on the roster, but he's a future coach. He's like Kellen Moore. He needs to retire and join the Broncos coaching staff in that regard because he serves them uh, little on the field. Like you mentioned, Chad, he's not the strongest guy. He's not the biggest guy. He's not the most imposing guy. He is who he is, and that's an upside number three and a mentor to have for a gunslinger like Drew Locke. But you talk about arm talent, Case Cookus, the new Broncos potential QB, one of the future, Chad, probably has the strongest arm not named Locke on the roster, and that might be a competition. His arm is pretty strong. I don't know anything about it. I'm going to take some time, hopefully tonight, and go watch some cut-ups on him. And I know you provided one highlight reel on the article. So, guys, if you're wondering what this dude can do, go check out the article Zach published. <clears throat> John will put the link in the <clears throat> excuse me in the chat for you. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Uh, Shadow Jack, what's up, dude? Love you, appreciate you. He says, greetings and salutations, fellas. If Locke has a bad training camp, can we fault him because he's going against a top three or top five defense? Yeah, that's one of the things that's been difficult for these young quarterbacks post-Payton is every year, man, it's still been, you know, at least early on until the injury bug starts taking, you know, its toll. Like these defenses continue to be stacked from 16 to 17. I mean, the 2016 and 2017 Broncos defenses, even though you went from Phillips to Vance Joseph, 
were one of two teams, which included the Minnesota Vikings, to finish in the top five against both the run and the pass. And so these young quarterbacks, you know, they're having to square off against this these defenses in camp. And if you're the coach is trying to say, like, which guy do we go with? Like, where are we at offensively? It's hard to know litmus-wise exactly where you're at, Zach, going against that caliber. But if Drew's going to truly rise above and and be that kind of franchise caliber guy and really take the next step, he's got to be able to win as many of those as he loses against this defense. And if he doesn't, that's an answer in and of itself. It is. And listen, I'm, I'm one of the bigger lock fans you'll find out there, and I don't hide that fact at all. But I'm going to be fair about this. and I, I'm being objective and not being subjective. There's no excuses for Drew Locke. He sees this defense day in and day out, Chad. He's been around this team now for two years coming into this season. And the defense in practice, they don't sack him. They don't rush him that much. I mean, it's kind of toned down to what he'll face in a real NFL game. So, no, if he has a bad training camp, it's because he failed and he wasn't good enough. And in that case, uh, that's where I see Teddy B coming in and uh, hopefully saving the season. Mike Carter, what's up, dude? Welcome. Thank you. Appreciate the support. Appreciate the super chat. If you have a specific question or topic you want us to get to, we will keep an eye out for that in the chat. But thank you for your support, my friend. It really does mean a lot. And connect with us on Twitter. Uh, Robert wants to know, how did the running back not named Gordon or Williams do? I mean, so far, mum's the word. Nothing to write home about. Rookie minicamp. They don't do a lot of stuff other than individual drills in when they do yeah. take the field in these mini camps. Um, and I think one of the reasons for that too, Zach is the Broncos anyway, learned their lesson from the 2015 rookie class when, you know, Shane Ray was a part of that class, Jeff Hireman. They arrive in Denver a week and a half after hearing their name called. And then they decide, Hey, let's run a um, punt coverage or a kick coverage drill. You know, we get 11 guys running down the field, chasing after a, you know, fake, kickoff hireman tears his acl right was lost for that whole season he still got a ring for what it's worth because he was he was uh part of the super bowl 50 team technically but i think the broncos learned their lesson so zach they don't really do anything but individual like if you go look at any of the clips uh any of the uh, images and whatnot there's no team period there's no how did the running back look man like was he juking dude there's none of that yet none yeah, these are the bare bones instruction, instructional sessions right now until OTA start and mandatory minicamp starts next month. And then, of course, you have training camp. But this is just football one-on-one foundational installs going through the real basics and getting the players up to speed. So we won't have any information about Melvin or Javante or any of the key players and their impact until we get further along in the offseason program. All right, John, the chat just jumped. For me, this Tanner's the last current. And then if I scroll down as far as our superstars, I want to say it is Tom again at 701. So in between, we need um, Simon, Kane, Andy, Brandon, Christian. Yeah, that list. Simon, Kane, Andy, Brandon, Christian. Meanwhile, Tanner, what's up, dude? Thank you for the support. As always, my friend. I always look for you on Twitter after the show to see if I can actually tag you when we shout you out, but I don't, I can never find a Tanner Hulse uh, Twitter account. So if you're on Twitter, follow and then do one of these in the mentions. All right. Hello. What's up? Tweet at us and then we'll follow back. And now we'll know who you are on Twitter. Appreciate you. He says, just stopping in to show some love at work. 
but I'll be watching when I get off. You guys are the best at state of being, are, are the best. Keep at state of being. Hashtag Broncos for life. Hashtag let them hate. Love it, dude. Thank you. Really does mean a lot, Tanner. You know, hope you enjoy it yep. when you get uh, when you get to it. Simon up in Canada, what's up, bro? By the way, did you get your uh, swag we sent you? If so, send us a send us a pic, dude. Let us let's see a rock in that. I think it was a mug, right? I think it was a mug. Anyway, he says, "What's up, MHH? <clears throat> Rogers probably not happening. Leave the cheesehead where he is in Green Bay. This is now Locke's biggest and last opportunity." If he hits this year, we are playoff bound. Agreed. This is it. This is it for Drew Luck. You know, even if you are, as as our critics will say, uh, like us, you know, you're Drew Lock stand. Like, you know, Drew can do no wrong, even though we do criticize him on this show. Nevertheless, uh, even if you really are all about Drew Lock, this is it for him. You know, he was given the keys to the kingdom last year, and it's unfortunate that the keys were given in a season in which – you know, the kingdom suffered a freaking earthquakes, tornadoes, you know, all kind of problems, pestilence, famine. Like, he, he's like, what are these keys you gave me, dog? I don't want this kingdom. Just kidding. But still, it's unfortunate that that's, that was his year to be the guy and he got dealt that hand. But it is what it is. And the Broncos are giving him one last benefit of the doubt. They're not replacing him outright. They still need and want him to survive and thrive, but they're bringing in competition and a failsafe just in case. Zach, if he doesn't own it and rise above and leave no doubt this time, that's it. Not not only in Denver, but that's probably it in the league. Doesn't mean he won't catch on somewhere else and maybe be a backup, but this is it for him, and he knows it, which is why you hear guys like Cortland Sutton, like Tim Patrick. Cortland, of course, most recently saying he's got a whole new focus. I mean, his mindset is on a whole different level. It's going to be fun to see how that comes out in the wash. That's the thing about us Druthers, as we're known apparently in the chat chat, we are the first to, I can speak for myself anyway, we're the first to say that if Locke doesn't cut it this year, he deserves to be cut himself. He deserves to be replaced. It's all on Drew. So yeah, we want to see him get a fair opportunity. We want to see him do well because it would mean the Broncos do well. But like I just mentioned, if he has a bad training camp, Teddy B should start. If he throws four picks the first couple weeks, he should be replaced. It's really as simple as that. We want to see Drew thrive, but we're not going to be ignorant about it either. We're not going to cover our eyes and pretend he's good when he's not. That's that's what we're saying. It's a fair evaluation. Tom again. Thank you, my friend. I think that's super chat number three tonight. Wow. Man, thank you. Blowing our hair back, my friend. He says, it's obvious I am a lock advocate, but if I thought he wasn't the guy, I'd say so. I see a lot of Elway in him when he was drafted. That's how long I've been a Broncos fan. Thanks, guys. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. And, you know, everyone kind of sees, uh, I think every fan sees in a quarterback or any player, for that matter, what they want to see until proven otherwise. And, you know, Drew Locke, similar to Elway, doesn't mean their careers are going to unfold <laughs> similarly because Elway was a unicorn. But nevertheless, you know, Elway – in a time in which the Broncos were still the, the biggest, baddest thing in Denver. I mean, even in 1983, 84, 85, before all the Super Bowls started coming with Elway, the Broncos were still the hottest ticket in Denver. And the fan base, uh, it, I mean, Broncos country in Denver was probably just as maniacal then as they are now. But, Zach, the big difference was outside of local television, print, and radio, that was media. And the focus now went from being like, you know, 
you, you still had some media focus, obviously, but now it's like not only do you have those same local pr- uh, print media, uh, television, local radio and all that, but you got guys like us, you got fans on Twitter tweeting at the team when things are happening in real time and it's prolific. I mean, we're seeing actual Twitter uh, trends, hashtags and what's whatnot, like affecting policy from a governmental perspective. Right. And so it all trickles down. It all has an effect, including on current modern NFL teams. And so Locke, similar to Elway, bumping his head his first couple of years, flashes of brilliance followed by some facepalm moments. But Zach, it's those flashes of brilliance they keep you coming back saying, look, we're, we see something there. If he can be refined, if the coaches can just massage him through this, he could be something. <clears throat> Big if there. And, and there's so many parallels between John Elway and Drew Locke, not just as quarterbacks, but all, obviously Elway selected Locke and tried to make him the quarterback of the franchise and try to build him up. And, you know, where he's wandered the desert, we hope to find more than a mirage in Drew Locke so far. But other appropriate, I guess, comparisons with Locke are Peyton Manning, his first season, the interception record he, you know, he held. And also Josh Allen, who was pretty terrible and turnover prone his first year. And then he turned it around uh, last year with better coaching and more solid consistency among his fellow players and and the scheme. So yeah, there's always going to be natural comparisons, but you know, putting Elway and Locke in the same sentence, that's going to make Broncos country pretty furious. Kane, what's up, bro? It was great to connect with you on Twitter. That was awesome. We'll be keeping in touch guys. One of the great things is when we say, Hey, follow us on Twitter. We're not just saying, Hey, followers you know come be beneath us and follow us we want to keep the conversation going and that's one of the best ways to do it is on twitter zach myself john all the pod hosts we try to be as present in the comments and stuff after streams on youtube and facebook but really when we actually fire up our devices or laptops or phones whatever and want to engage with our community it's usually on twitter now, maybe that'll change at some point. Um, if it's not Twitter, it's the site itself, you know, responding to comments on milehighhuddle.com. Maybe one of these days uh, we'll start our own Discord or something. But for now, guys, follow us on Twitter. We will follow you back, especially our superstars, and that's how we keep the conversation going. So, Kane, appreciate you. Doggy says, uh, wish in one hand, and, and well, you all know the rest. Yeah, that other hand isn't good. Uh, let me – there we go. Uh, John, do you have uh, Andy by chance? I'll, I'll, there we go. Perfect. What's up, Andy? Another great superstar. Andy, I think we're getting to a point here with just how consistent you've been. We either got to get you out a T-shirt or an invitation to come on the show and guest as on one of our superstar segments. So reach out to me or Zach or John and let us know which one of those sounds the most appealing. Not everyone, Zach, wants to come on the podcast, and it's understandable yeah. why. But let us know, Andy, because it's a small thing we can do to say thank you for the support. And you've been just diligent, consistent. So he says, evening, fellas, who do you guys think is the top candidate on offense and defense to make their first Pro Bowl or All-Pro this year? Tons of talent on this team waiting to explode. Denver Broncos for life. Really good question. Zach, why don't you take offense? I'll take defense. Well, I mean, it's all contingent on the coaching staff using him correctly, but Noah Fant, I think, is my go-to uh, at tight end. He's just a Pro Bowl guy waiting to explode. And if you put him on a team like the Niners or the Packers, I mean, that would be just a 1,200, 1,300-yard guy every year. So I'm going to go him on offense. Maybe Jerry Judy. Maybe in an off chance, Javante Williams, if, he's, if he holds down that RB1 workhorse role, piles up the touchdowns, you never know. But I'm going Noah Fant on offense. 
Yes, absolutely. He's the first guy that comes to mind for me as well. Defensively, I mean, let's look at the guys we know are going to be relied upon to play a lot. Um, up front, maybe a Draymond Jones, yep. maybe. I mean, he that would have pick. to. If, if you're playing interior defensive line, which the way the Broncos defense is aligned, Draymond Jones technically plays a defensive tackle type of role, even though it's mostly a, a five and a four tech. Nevertheless, if you're going to make a Pro Bowl as one of those guys, it's got to be on the heels of some prolific production as a sack guy. So if Draymond turns a corner and even sniffs double-digit sacks, I could see him earning a Pro Bowl. I'm not really seeing anyone this year at linebacker as far as the off-ball guys. Pro Bowl in the secondary, I could see Bryce Callahan. Maybe Ronald Darby, who's never made a Pro Bowl, I'm pretty sure off the top of my head. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with either Draymond Jones, Zach, or Bryce Callahan on defense. But for Callahan, man, he dominates if he's on the yeah. freaking field. If he can stay healthy, sky's the limit. He was playing at an all-pro level last year prior to his injury. And I saw on Twitter the the suggestion that the Broncos can move on from Bryce Callahan. Why? I mean, they don't need the money that badly. The guy is a stud, and you could argue he's the best cornerback they have on the roster. Yeah, I mean, it was you know his idol – um, when he entered the league as an undrafted rookie out of Rice in 2015, was Chris Harris, and he, he even though he didn't so get to play last year with Chris, you know his first year in Denver, he was injured, so he didn't get to really take the field with Chris. But he was there with the Broncos and did get to participate in meetings all through training camp and all that stuff with Chris. And I know that only helped him, you know, t- take turn a further corner because the player Bryce Callahan was last year, Zach, when he was on the field even relative to his last year in Chicago in 2018 where he was Pro Bowl caliber, I mean, he took a big step forward. Like, he was going to make the Pro Bowl if he doesn't get hurt down the stretch. So, Bryce Callahan, I'm really excited to see what he can do this year. And Tyler says, what's up on Twitter? Appreciate you being with us, my friend. He says, if Locke looks good against our defense, bro, look out. Let him hate, baby. Yeah, any quarterback against this defense that can – even if it's like Zacho, when you say wins more, win you know win more than they lose. Even if it's by a you know fifty one to forty nine percent margin, it's noteworthy because this defense is gonna be stingy. It's gonna be opportunistic. It's gonna be smothering and predatory if people stay healthy. Listen, I love the optimism, but I'm gonna be fair here. I don't want to overreact either way. If Locke doesn't look good, uh, you know, in training camp, I'm not going to overreact. If he looks really good, I'm not going to overreact. I want to see how he does against an opposing NFL team when the game counts for real. He's not wearing a red practice jersey, Chad. He's, it's the real deal. Bullets are flying. So I'm going to reserve my judgment overall until September. But I urge everyone to do the same. Brandon, what's up, dude? Bama Broncos. Appreciate you, my friend. Can I just tell you one thing? I've, I've, I, I've not done this yet because I don't want to embarrass you, but your Bama Broncos is always misspelled, dude. There's an N in Broncos. I just want to remind you of that. That's all. You know, I love you. Just trying to help you, right? He says, the this is Roger's last stand to make big money. Good point. But even though the path of least resistance, Zach, is probably going to be Green Bay to get that money. I mean, Aaron Rodgers knows any team interested in acquiring him via trade will roll out the red carpet, open up the checkbook, like, is, would there be any doubt in your mind, for example, if the Broncos were to land Aaron Rodgers, somehow things deteriorated and Packers are like, screw it, we're trading him. Is there any doubt in your mind that George Payton wouldn't offer him a contract, uh, like a new contract, an extension, 
that would probably rival something close to Patrick Mahomes, at least in the short term, on like the first two or three years, I could totally see it happening. And if not the Broncos, I guarantee you the Raiders would. So he knows, look, that money, this is my last chance to get paid, paid. I'm entering my age 38 season. But it doesn't really change the complexion of the situation because he knows he can get it anywhere. Listen, I'd be all for Peyton sticking his nose in and making an offer and seeing if he were to be available, what he can do in terms of a trade or a contract, Chad. But Aaron Rodgers is high if he thinks he's getting Mahomes money at, in his age 38 campaign. As good as he is, he's not getting that level of contract. So I don't happen to think Rodgers is coming here, Chad. And listen, how tone deaf is it right now? I mean, considering what's going on in the country, there's no gas in parts of the country. People are out of work, losing their jobs, can't afford insurance, groceries. He's made $240 million in the NFL, not including endorsements, not including sponsorships. How much more money does he need going on 40 years old? That's my question. Here's what I mean when I say it would not surprise me to see George Payton pay him something akin to a Patrick Mahomes contract if he were to actually be made available i mean that in the in the short term you know patrick mahomes deal was i mean the term on that ridiculous right and so, well, i mean wasn't it find your next truck at woodhouse buick gmc no matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling there's a premium and capable gmc truck that's perfect for you make a statement on the job site out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. 
Paid for by America First Legal. 10 years, Zach? Was it a 10 yeah. years? $503 million max yes. value. Half billion dollars. For Aaron Rodgers, the APY might approach that in terms of his average per year. I think if I when I researched this, I want to say Pat was at like $45 million APY. I could see the Broncos giving him a contract that paid him something like $150 million guaranteed in the first three years, something close to that. Because they're they're rel- they would be relatively confident that he's good to go for at least the next three years, but not a ten year deal, not a half billion dollar year or, or deal. It would be something you know two three years is where all that money would be uh, focused, etc. Now let's grab Christian because Zach, we're at fifty minutes. We gotta we gotta start rapid firing here. What's up, Christian? Appreciate you, my friend. He says Broncos fans are more worried about players on other teams. Focus on us and our QB, Drew freaking Locke. And why is Vic saying it's 50-50? There's no way. We got Teddy Bridgewater for a sixth, so we think Locke is worth a sixth? Zach, your reply. It's not really a, a one-to-one type scenario. I mean, the Pan- you have to look at the Panthers situation. They wanted Teddy Bridgewater and his contract off the roster, and they decided to take a lesser draft pick to make that happen. So it's not necessarily apples to apples there. And right now, I'm taking Vic Fangio for his word. He wants a 50-50 competition. He really is, I want to say, ignorant to the offense and how it works, and he's very hands-off and leaving it to Pat Shermer. And to joke again about flipping a coin, I think that shows – where his mindset is right now. He really has both these quarterbacks eyed up, and he wants truly a split down the middle to see who should start this year. We can debate the merits of that, Chad, but I think it's a bad idea waiting to happen. Yeah, but I don't doubt that it's, there's some truth to it. Now, do I think that initially it's going to be skewed a little bit toward Drew? Yes, but just based on the, the smoke signals and the actual literal words we're hearing from the guys, the coaches, the GM – it's going to be a dang close to 50-50 competition initially, but I still think, you know, it's going to be Drew's job to lose yeah. out of the gates. So we'll see. Uh, but Christian, you demand, my friend. Love you. Appreciate you. Thank you. Um, let's grab Michaela. What's up? Here she is again. Thank you, Michaela. Man, you, you uh, make us proud every single night. She says, how can fans have irrational hate for luck and call themselves fans? Fans should support the team and its players, in my opinion. And this is something, Zach, that kind of harkens back to what Jake Plummer said on the radio, you know, last week, or I think it was last week. And look, every fan has the right to exercise his or her fandom in their own way. Uh, Far be it from us to tell you how to be a fan. Myself as a fan, I'm inclined to rally around whoever. I I share that same philosophy that, that Jake does as a former player, which is, look, do I have my favorites on a team? Sure. Are there guys who I might have a little bit more of an invest, uh, emotional investment in than others? Sure. But if they're sporting that orange and blue and it's got Broncos on the front, I'm behind them. I'm there. And so the reason for the irrational hate, and as we've coined on this show, Drew Locke uh, derangement syndrome or Locke derangement syndrome, Zach, it really has to do with the previous four and a half years before he got here. You know, if if it's Drew, if this was Drew Lock, if the Drew Lock era as as it's been started in 2016 or even 17, I don't think you'd see near the vitriol from the from the haters, for lack of a better term, um, than you that you see now. I think this comment proves that, Chad, uh, right here. If I can pull it up. Oh, sorry, John. 
right here, Nathan Brown, you know, speaking for myself, I'm sick of Elway's mistakes at quarterback. So, again, it's all that built-up animosity and all that frustration with the previous failures, and that's not fair to Locke. Criticize Locke for his shortcomings, but don't blame other shortcomings on Locke as well. And, listen, it's kind of like the meaning of life. No one can force anyone else to believe, you know, what they want to believe. You have to kind of figure it out for yourself. That's how I feel about being a fan. I have my own opinions. Chad has his. Everyone has theirs. But no one likes hearing how to be a fan. I'm of the mind as well. I'm supporting whoever's under center because I want the Broncos to do well. It's a fairly simple concept to you and I. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And it's like sins of the father, right? Um, It's like when generations are punished for the sins of a previous generation or whatever. You know, like I'm trying to even remember the – it probably comes out of the Bible, but the sins of the father – component drew lock is being painted with the same stripes or for the sins of elway and all the quarterback failures that came before it's all part of that you know negative mountain of of momentum that's going against him which makes it all the you know he's he's really battling against the i don't want to say the odds so much but it's it's a pretty tight tough situation that he finds himself in and if he really is you know if he has that mental makeup to be the a franchise caliber guy in this league, he'll overcome it. And it just all starts with blocking out the noise, you know, stay off Twitter, stay off Google, stay off Facebook, Reddit, all that stuff. Show up to work every day. Keep your head down, focus on what you need to focus on. And then if it's meant to come out in the wash, it will. But it's when players start listening to those things and turning on, opening up Twitter and all that stuff where the doubt and the, and the anxiety and all that stuff can really be, allowed to creep in. Dale, what's up, dude? Love you, buddy. He says, Sunday night, listening to the best Broncos pod while tying up the last few bits of replacing the convertible top on my Mustang. Hashtag state of being. Zach, I know you're a Mustang guy, so maybe uh, you understand Dale's plight here tonight. Yeah, I don't have a convertible, but I do like the look of them. And Dale, I don't know uh, what year you have or what model, but I'd love to see that one day. I hope you have uh, the best of luck with that. Uh, But you know, in, in, in terms of the whole lock thing, it, it's just so, such a divisive topic, Chad, because he's being judged like Paxton Lynch when he's not Paxton Lynch. And that's not a fair um, judgment or a fair analysis of Drew Locke. Again, if you want to punish him, punish him for his mistakes, his own shortcomings, but don't blame Flacco and Keenum and Osweiler and Lynch and Simeon on Drew Locke. That's not his fault. That's Elway's fault. And let's appropriate the criticism to where it belongs. Uh, real quick, John, the stream did just jump on me. I need Brian um, Carberry. I need Tom talking about Locke um, being the best QB in the NFL or something like that. And then we're current, I think, to where I'm at. So meanwhile, Stu Meat, what's up, dude? It's been a minute. Oh, Great long to see time you. to see you, yeah. He says, it's been a while, MHH, enjoying the show on a sunny beach in Hawaii. Hey, man, if this show was interesting enough to you to uh, interrupt such beautiful, <laughs> you know, paradisiacal environs as freaking Hawaii, then, hey, man, we, we feel like we might be doing something right. Love you, bro. Yeah, Stu and Kiaka in Hawaii as well. They take the time to watch us in paradise. So, Stu, we appreciate you. We hope you're having a great weekend and a good Sunday night. Also, shout out to Dale. We're talking Hawaii superstars. That's right. I don't see Dale in the chat tonight, but Dale, you're the man. Um, here's Brian. Been waiting patiently. Appreciate you. He says, and connect on Twitter, my friend. How much did we end up paying Jawan James, and how much did we save by him tearing his Achilles? Um 
I want to say when you included the signing bonus and the guaranteed money on his 2019 deal, if I remember right on my research, I think it was like 13 million bucks he got. I'll double check that, but they saved 20 some odd million that he's not going to make. I mean, I can pull up his contract, Zach, but it's a little late in the show to start pulling yeah. up researching. I thought it was 17 million he got for 63 snaps in, in 2019. I could be wrong on that, but he made millions of dollars for not doing a lot of work. And I don't feel bad for him for that. And I understand why the Broncos want to recoup the money. But what Juwan James said, I know we can't get into it right now, about the NFL PA. He goes, if you're going to advise us, you have to have our backs as well. Say what you want about him. He is absolutely spot freaking on about that. And if you want other further confirmation, ask Deshaun Hamilton. He'll probably agree. Yeah. Yeah, In case you guys missed that, there was the report that he had been waived, which was then followed by a report that the Broncos waived him after failed attempts to trade him, that they'd been in close contact talks with another team fell through. So they waived him. And then that was flipped on its ear Friday morning. That was Thursday, late in the day, Friday morning. We learned, wait, no, he actually wasn't waived. Uh, and in fact, he, they were going to still maybe trade him, Zach. Then he tore his ACL away from the facility Friday morning, like Juwan James. So Sucks. Um, let me look at this real quick. So the Broncos, he earned $17.15 uh, million, Zach. Yep. So uh, the savings, I can't quite research it here in real time without clicking around and stuff. I don't have time to do that. So, yeah, $17 million is what he earned for those 63 snaps and – you know, I mean, if you, if you want to put on the most, you know, benefit of the doubt type classes on James, yes, 17.1 million for 63 snaps, but he did bleed for the team. You know, he did suffer an injury in 2019. We can debate, you know, just how severe it was or how, whether it should have kept him off the field post week seven in Indianapolis. But nevertheless, you know, if you're trying to be as complimentary of him as possible, it's not like he just took the money. And completely ran, although it kind of felt like that. Listen, I mean, he was—he signed the contract the Broncos put in front of him. I can't blame him for getting his money. But listen, I guess it's different strokes for different folks. I would tear my Achilles for $17,000, let alone $17 million. <laughs> so well wishes for Juwan. Peter Parker, what's up, buddy? Spider-Man in the house. What's up? He says, gents, if fans are allowed at training camp, I'm available to be the MHH liaison. Peter Parker reporting live from Broncos Camp 2021. Be sure to catch the best podcast on YouTube. Hashtag MHH. Hashtag Chad and Zach. Hey, dude, we'll keep that in mind. We'll yep. keep that in mind. Thank, Thank uh, you. We, we just hope Zach fans will be there for camp. I think they will. Oh, I, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty, I think it's pretty safe to say there will be some fans there allowed. Um, and, guys, circle week three on your calendars. All right. We're going to roll out all of the uh, – Details specifically very, very soon, but we have agreed that week three home against the, who was it, the Jets, Jets. right? The Jets. That's going to be our MHH tentpole meet and greet that we're going to do a fun, like, tailgate, we'll live pod, shake your hand, hang out, eat some food, break some bread. You know, those who want to enjoy an, an adult beverage before the game type thing. We'll just be there to soak up the ambiance and meet everybody, and it'll be a lot of fun. So week three in Denver against the Jets, I want to say September 27th. Speaking of soaking up the ambiance, I was I was looking at John's reaction, what and I heck? was reacting as well. Yeah. 
No words for that, Robert. Wow. That's literally blue Chad back in his chair. We don't Robert, even know Robert. No, that sounds like a new name. So uh, I want to say welcome, Robert. Talking about making an entrance with authority. Chad, while you collect yourself, I'll take his comment here. <laughs> Robert, thank you so much. We'll get to you in a second. And with our appreciation, he goes, I'm from Louisiana, and I've been a Broncos fan since the 90s. The first two Super Bowls, Locke is at his best when he's in the shotgun. Look at his college highlights. He was never under the center. Hashtag facts. Chad. Robert, dude, I just got to tell you, that's unbelievable uh, generosity. Yeah. He just shouldered into some rarefied air uh, as far as clout goes with the superstars. Mark, Brian Greenfield, D-Dub. I think D-Dub mm-hmm. is also – And Casey. Casey, that's right. Casey's up there, but not in the 400. Casey, I want to say, is in the 300. And the number of superstars that are, are 200 and above on a single super – we, we can count them just over two hands, right? We keep tra- I keep track of these things. These things are important to me because the people that show us that level of support and love, and, and I mean, I, I just pay attention to that, and I try to remember that, and I try to keep yeah. it in my thoughts. And so, Robert Moss, I don't know you. I'm happy to begin knowing you here tonight. <laughs> Thank you for the support, my friend. And, yeah, dude, I mean, you know, Drew Locke, shotgun, that was his thing at Mizzou. Um, but here's the thing that kind of flips that on its ear a little bit, Robert. And I'm, I'm with you in that, you know, that seems to be where he thrives. But you know what? Pat Shermer loves that shotgun, too. They ran a lot of gun last year. In fact, too much gun. Where Locke seemed to do the best as a pro so far was under center with Rich Scangarello. So it's kind of a paradox. You don't know which one is actually best suited to his skill set in terms of, you know, sample size yet. But I think probably the best thing, Robert, is – a blend, a balance, right. you know, the reason you run under center, there's only one reason, plausible threat to be a handoff. That's it. That's the only reason you go under center. So if the Broncos get their ground game going this year, then I think you will see a lot more of Drew or whoever the quarterback is under center. But Robert, dude, hats off, bro, on my freshly shaved head. Hats off, dog. Yeah, we always talk about people coming in from the rafters. But if you remember like 10 years ago, that guy who – who skydived from like the stratosphere. He jumped from space into earth. That's Robert Moss coming in here with a plum. (laughs) And we appreciate, there's no reaction that would do you justice, Robert. I want to just add to your comment, Chad. There's a good mixture. It needs to be a hybrid shotgun versus under center. But when he is under center, more play action, please. That's going to help him tremendously. And Pat Shermer did not call nearly enough of that last year. Robert, if you're on Twitter, reach out and connect with us, my friend. We'd definitely love to be able to keep in touch with you and uh, send us an email. I mean, we'd love to maybe send you a, a shirt or something as a yeah. small thank you for that support. Appreciate you. It helps keep the lights on here. Uh, Doug, what's up, dude? Appreciate you, my friend. He says, what's up, Chad and Zach? I'm late to the party. Hey, dude, better late than never. Some say fashionably late. You know, it's all yeah. good. Yeah, I, uh, I feel you there, Doug. Uh, let me see. We're at 104, so we got to kind of wrap things up. Let me scroll down, make sure we didn't miss any superstars here. Stand by. Wow. John, do you see anyone that we know we might have missed? We got Brian covering the covering the uh, Juwan James contract. I think we, we have – oh, wait, 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 wait. Here we I go. I see Richard Summers. Yep, Richard Summers. What's up, Richard? Thank you for the support, my friend. It means a lot. Oh, and jo- and George is in the house too. Uh, Richard, what's up, dude? 
He says, I was behind in the stream and heard Zach talking about the A-Rod contract. Contracts are more complicated than just the total number. Stop misleading. I'm I not sure exactly what he's saying. Number. I mentioned his salary cap number. We're talking APY. I mean, that's pretty much the bare bones contract terms. And I mentioned his career earnings. So, yeah, there is more that goes into it than the total number. But I was going to make this point earlier. If Peyton were to give him a new contract, he would have to pay him at least $40 million. That's what Dak Prescott got. So that's the barometer. It'd be between Dak and Patrick Mahomes. And you have to ask yourself, guys, would you pay Aaron Rodgers for three years or so, 42, 43 million bucks a year? Or ask yourself this, do you think George Payton would do that? I don't know. I think most fans would say, yeah, if that's the going rate, then that's the going rate. If you can get Aaron Rodgers, you get him. But I'll tell you what, there's a special part of my anatomy that would pucker quite significantly, <laughs> especially knowing about that clavicle. So yeah. for whatever it's worth. Um, all right, last one here from great – Mount Rushmore superstar, George Vandermark. What's up, dude? Been a minute since I've been able to actually talk to you like this. Hope uh, everyone's doing well in your neck of the woods. Give our best to Jazz, all right? He says, quite a Broncos weekend. I got Giants versus Broncos tickets. Sent stars on KK. That's right. Shout out. George was there today as well for Kelderman's Corner. Bought a tank top from the huddleuppod.com store and now supporting the best podcast Look at that, on man. the planet. Look at that. That's a that's a that's a ride or die superstar, George. Love you, bro. Hope you're doing well. Sounds like you are. But uh hey man, if you can make it out west for week three against the Jets, we can uh you know, hang out for a while. It'll be fun. Hope to see you maybe. If not, there'll be another time. Don't worry. Yeah, but George, you epitomize what it means to be a Super Chat superstar, just a supportive member of the community, just for the the reasons that you've mentioned. We do hope you like your tank top. Let us know when you get it what you think. All right, guys, we got to dip on out of here. Thanks to each and every one of you for spending a little bit of your time with us here tonight. Of course, mile high salute to our Super Chat superstars. And Robert, dude, seriously, man, really appreciate that. Uh, Send us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Let's uh, let's get your personal deeds and we'll send you out a a, T-shirt. It's the least we can do. So appreciate you. Zach, while I pull up our great uh, super supporters on Facebook, you want to start running through the matters of business, signing us out of here? Absolutely. Thank you, everyone, each and every single one of you for joining us this evening and uh, helping us end another week or start another week, however you want to look at it, of Broncos podcasting. Be sure, guys, to follow the Huddle Up podcast at Huddle Up Pod on Twitter. Follow the Mothership account at Mile High Huddle. That's where you'll find all the news, analysis, breakdowns, rumors, everything and anything you need to know about your Broncos is right there at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on the left side of your screen. Get to you that in one second, at Chad N. Jensen. You can follow me on Twitter at Kelberman NFL. Go ahead, John. Also, guys, I urge you, each and every Sunday at noon, Kelberman's Corner, uh, hot takes that hold water, a little different flavor, a little more in-depth. Saturday's Trickle Zone. Become a member and a supporter. Go to Facebook.com slash Huddle. Click the big blue button, and you're in like Flynn, as Chad would say. We appreciate you, and I'm going to hand it off to you, Chad, real quick for the Super. Just like these guys, all but one of these names I know for sure. Keith, I'm not so sure about, but everyone else I know is a supporter, a super supporter on Facebook. Randy Jones, what's up, dude? Thank you for the stars. Keith, not sure about you. Appreciate the support, my friend. If you're not already a a supporter on Facebook, click the big blue button at the top of our page. Gary Leeds Palmer needs no introduction. Stud. Jeremy, what's up? Brad, what's up? 
appreciate each and every one of you guys. And we're still hoping that uh, StreamYard will soon do streamline their communication with Facebook so that when star comments pop up on Facebook, they show for us here in StreamYard in the same way that a YouTube super chat does. So until then, we have to kind of reverse engineer it. But guys, thank you so much, Zach. Way to close it out. We'll see everybody tomorrow night for uh, Monday night show. Hit those thumbs up. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.